good to have you with us today. I'm Evelyn Lee in for Kevin Hogan. Here are our top stories. Senators announced an agreement on the framework for a gun control package. The proposal has enough bipartisan support to potentially pass in the Senate. An economist at a top financial firm says the U.S. could have mostly avoided inflation if the Fed had acted sooner. While a former Treasury Secretary warns of a recession on the horizon. And West Virginia is putting six financial institutions on notice. The state has sent out a warning to banks boycotting fossil fuel energy firms. Senators on Sunday reached a bipartisan agreement on the framework for a gun control package. In a joint statement, 10 Republican senators declared their support, meaning with all Democrats on board, there, there will be just enough votes to pass the proposals. Entities Jeremy Sandberg has more. The legislative gun control package includes measures for resources toward mental health needs, school safety, and an expanded review process for young gun buyers. According to the statement issued, an investigative period would be required for gun buyers under the age of 21 to review juvenile and mental health records, as well as checks with state and local law enforcement. School safety resources include safety measure programs, school violence prevention, and training for teachers and students. It also adds protections for domestic violence victims, investment in family mental health services, and funding for school-based mental health support services. The bill also aims to create more penalties for straw purchases when people buy weapons for others who can't pass a background check. Other measures include clarifying the definition of a federally licensed firearms dealer to crack down on criminals illegally evading licensing requirements and more investment in crisis prevention via telehealth programs. The bill also will provide support and funding for state crisis intervention, also known as red flag laws. Those are laws that allow guns to be temporarily taken away from someone deemed a threat to themselves or others following a court order. Gun Owners of America and the NRA weighed in on Twitter. The NRA says it will continue to oppose any effort to insert gun control policies and initiatives that override constitutional due process protections, and that it does not take positions on framework bills until the full text of the bill is available for review. Gun Owners of America called red flag laws unconstitutional and could allow courts to seize weapons without any due process, simply based on anonymous tips. The Republican senators supporting the measure are Lindsey Graham, Mitt Romney, John Cornyn, Tom Tillis, Richard Burr, Roy Blunt, Bill Cassidy, Susan Collins, Rob Portman, and Pat Toomey. President Biden praised the senators for their work on the bill and is urging Congress to pass it. Christian Hain, vice president of policy at Brady and a gun control activist, says he thinks the bill is a sign of things to come. This is sort of testing ground that we can pass bipartisan gun laws and the sky won't fall. And, and for all of those reasons, I think that this, this agreement is really important. Tom Jones, president of the American Accountability Foundation, says it's a step in the wrong direction and disappointing leadership from Republicans. Democrats are going to come back for more. So, you know, just because they're framing this as a modest deal, doesn't mean this is the last bite at the apple. Jones says more gun control laws would not prevent tragedies like the recent shootings, and ultimately more leadership from fathers within families is needed. You look at cities like Philadelphia, Chicago, gun violence is out of control in those cities because they have mayors and district attorneys who don't take violent crime seriously, don't take cracking down on criminals in their community seriously. While lawmakers are optimistic, the legislation is not ensured to pass. 
as legislative language must still be completed to secure enough votes to get through both the House and the Senate. Democratic Senator Chris Murphy, who led the negotiating efforts with Republican Senator John Cornyn, says they would get to work writing the legislative text first thing Monday morning and hopes it to pass the Senate in early August or sooner. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. The Supreme Court will soon rule on a case challenging a gun law in New York State. Gun owners and instructors in the state are hopeful that the High Court will overturn the law. Have a look at the details. New York State currently requires people to show a proper cause for carrying concealed handguns before they receive permission from the state. A proper cause has to be an actual, rather than speculative, need for self-defense. And the permit doesn't apply to the entire state. The U.S. Supreme Court will soon decide whether to keep this law in place or overturn it. Those at the Nassau County Rifle and Pistol Range say the issue is a matter of common sense practicality. If you have a permit, right, you're permitted in, in Nassau County, right, why shouldn't your permit be good in the city, okay? Or Nassau County, New York permit, why isn't it good in New Jersey or California, all right? Your marriage license and your driver's license go all over the United States, but your permits are not universally accepted by other states, and they should be. A military veteran and former New York firefighter says restricting access to guns doesn't necessarily make a place safer. What I have noticed is places that have simpler legal gun laws are safer because for instance, the recent shootings that we had, I feel if a place is unprotected by firearms, it's a soft target. That means anyone with malintent can go in there and expect no resistance whatsoever. Given the recent school shooting in Texas, he says teachers should be able to protect their students with guns. Firearms are not complicated devices. They're very simple. I personally feel you are the last line of defense with that room full of children. If you're there willing to educate them, you should be there willing to defend them with your life. The Supreme Court's ruling is due by the end of June. The case could yield the most important gun rights ruling in more than a decade, and it could impact various gun restrictions nationally. The Supreme Court could be poised to overturn Roe v. Wade as soon as today. The High Court updated its calendar last Thursday, indicating decisions would be handed down Monday and Wednesday of this week. Justices have 29 opinions remaining to be delivered in the next month before its traditional summer break. On top of abortion and gun rights, the court is also considering cases that could allow more religion in public life. Next, I don't have to tell you about red-hot inflation. Prices for nearly everything are going up. Now, an economist for a financial services firm, Allianz, says it could have largely been avoided if the Federal Reserve had acted sooner. Entity's Jessica Beatty has more. Allianz chief economic advisor, Mohamed El Arian, told CBS's Face the Nation Sunday that the Fed mischaracterized inflation, and now it's fallen behind. This is going to have enormous economic, social it hits the poor particularly hard, institutional and political consequences. And most of it could have been avoided had early actions been taken. He said once you fall behind with inflation, you have to make a choice. Either hit the brakes hard and risk recession or just tap on the brakes and risk inflation lasting much longer than it should. His comments come as Americans grapple with the worst inflation report in just over 40 years. 
The consumer price index shows prices rose 8.6% year-over-year in May. Food prices are up 10%, gas is up nearly 50%, shelter is up 6%. Former Congressman David Bratt says inflation is here to stay for now. He's the current dean of the School of Business at Liberty University in Virginia. He told NTD's Capital Report on Friday the Fed's been printing way too much money. This dilutes the value of money already in circulation. And so just a couple months ago, the Fed was still printing 24% uh, uh, increases in money supply. Then it went down to 12. But it's not down to 12. It's still 12% increasing the money supply. And so uh, they should be increasing the money supply uh, by the amount of GDP growth you have, which is only about 2%. Economists describe inflation as too many dollars chasing too few goods. Meanwhile, former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers predicts the U.S. will enter a recession in the next year. He told CNN's State of the Union Sunday that a combination of high inflation and low employment is almost always followed within two years by a recession. I think there's certainly a risk of recession in the next year. And I think given where we've gotten to, it's more likely than not that we'll have a recession within the next two years. Summer's statement was in response to a question about recent comments by Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. She told CNBC last week she didn't think the U.S. will have a recession. Thank you so much. Jessica Beatty, NTD News. AAA data shows the price of U.S. gasoline averaged over $5 a gallon for the first time ever on Saturday. That extends a surge in fuel costs that are driving inflation. At one DC gas station, it's a bit of a surprise to residents like Carolina Baldi. So that's shocking. That's the most expensive that I ever paid for gas, ever. This is the first time I've seen over $5, and this is $6.3.9 a gallon. Crazy. While the nationwide average has passed $5, the pump price here for the cheapest octane was $5.43 a gallon. The issue is also causing a headache for U.S. President Joe Biden. Biden has pulled on numerous levers to try to lower prices. That includes a record release of barrels from U.S. strategic reserves and leaning on major OPEC countries to boost output. But fuel prices continue to surge due to a combination of rebounding demand, a squeeze on refining capacity and sanctions on oil producer Russia over the conflict in Ukraine. Economists expect demand may start to decline if prices remain above $5 a barrel for a sustained period. Over in West Virginia, there is a new law preventing the state from doing business with banks that boycott energy companies. And several banks may be getting into trouble for it. Here are the details. The West Virginia state treasurer is warning six banks that they may be violating a new law. The law prevents the state from doing business with financial institutions that boycott fossil fuel energy companies. State Treasurer Riley Moore's office told the Epoch Times that it sent out letters to the banks on Friday, June 10th, but didn't name the six banks. The banks must respond within 30 days of receiving those letters, or else they will end up on the list of restricted financial institutions. At a press conference last Wednesday, Moore said there are firms that wish to benefit from the state's finances while simultaneously, quote, trying to diminish our dollars and destroy our industries. He noted that we felt like we had a clear conflict of interest. In an interview with the Epoch Times, Moore pointed to the war in Ukraine and highlighted the importance of having energy independence. 
He said there is power in this type of energy, and I just don't mean electrification, I mean power for the countries. The state treasury also adds that the state will change its approach towards the banks if the banks change their attitudes toward fossil fuels. The West Virginia law came into effect this March. Texas also passed a similar law last year. In other news, authorities have arrested 31 members of the alleged ethno-nationalist group Patriot Front. That was in Idaho near a gay pride event. The arrest was based on suspicion that the group aimed to carry out riots. The all-male group was wearing matching gear and standing inside a truck when police stopped the vehicle and arrested the men. In a video circulating on the internet, police can be seen lifting up the roller door of a U-Haul truck, revealing the men with their hands already raised in surrender. Of the 31, only one was from Idaho. Inside the truck, police found shields, shin guards, a smoke grenade and riot gear. The men were all wearing khaki pants with logos on their hats and arm patches. Those identified them as members of the Patriot Front Group. The police chief of Coeur d'Alene told AP that police came to know about the U-Haul truck after someone tipped them off. All 31 members were charged with misdemeanor and conspiracy to riot. And right after the break, Russia returns the body of, of 220 Ukrainian fighters from the captured Ukrainian city of Mariupol. But a former armed forced, but a former armed forced office commander says many bodies still remain. And in Russia, what used to be McDonald's is reopening under a new name and new Russian ownership. But not everybody is happy with the changes. All that and more coming up in just a moment. Welcome back. President Biden on Friday said he warned Ukraine's president that Russia was preparing for an invasion. He said Ukraine did not heed his warning, but aides to Ukrainians, Ukraine's president disagree. Biden said he knew a lot of people thought he was exaggerating, but that U.S. data suggested that Putin was going to invade. Biden said, quote, there was no doubt and Zelensky didn't want to hear it. A spokesman for Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky told a Ukrainian news outlet a different story. He said that Zelensky discussed the threat from Russia frequently. He said it was Ukraine's allies who were not listening to Ukraine's concerns before the war. He also said Zelensky held phone conversations with Biden before the war and the two exchanged detailed assessments. He said when Ukraine demanded preventative measures, partners did not want to listen. The bodies of 220 fighters from the Azovstal steelworks have been returned after an exchange with Russia. That's according to a former Ukraine National Guard commander who said just as many bodies remain. Here are the details. The bodies of more than 200 Ukrainian fighters are still yet to be retrieved from the Azovstal steelworks in Mariupol. That's according to the former commander of Ukraine's Azov National Guard Regiment in footage he posted on his Telegram channel on Sunday, weeks after Russia claimed full control of the southern port city. Maxim Zhorin said that under the terms of a recent exchange, 220 bodies of those killed in Azovstal had been sent to Kyiv. 
Just as many bodies still remain in Mariupol. And now processes, negotiations are going on about further exchange and returning them home. Absolutely all the bodies must be returned home and we will work on this. Hundreds of fighters holed up in the steelworks were taken into Russian custody in mid-May. However, many were also killed during Russian attacks on the plant and the city. And now the very difficult work begins, very difficult processes regarding the identification of the bodies. The fact is that most of these bodies are in a very bad condition, and it is impossible to identify them visually, for example. DNA testing in servicemen's uniforms and insignia will be used to help with the identification, Zorin said. Mariupol has been reduced to a wasteland after months of siege and bombardment that Ukraine says has killed tens of thousands of people. What we'll be seeing in a bit might look and smell like a McDonald's, but there are some major differences. The golden archers are gone and the filet fish is simply a fish burger. The Big Mac has left Russia. Here's more in that story. McDonald's flung open its doors in Moscow once again on Sunday, but under new branding and Russian ownership. The new dawn for Russia's fast food scene will initially see 15 branded restaurants open in the capital under the name Vukuzna and Toshka, meaning tasty and that's it. It comes almost a month after the US burger giant pulled out of the country over what Russia calls a special military operation in Ukraine. Chief Executive Oleg Parov was appointed Russia McDonald's CEO weeks before Moscow sent tens of thousands of troops into Ukraine. He said the company was planning to reopen 200 restaurants by the end of June and all 850 by the end of the summer. Alexander Govor, the new owner of the Russian chain, confirmed expansion was on the cards. I am an ambitious man. I don't just plan to open all these 850 restaurants, but also develop new ones. Of course, just as before, we will closely monitor the quality of the product and the services that we offer our guests. Parev also said that the rebranded chain will keep its old McDonald's interiors, but expunge any references to its old name. But the grand Moscow relaunch was interrupted by a man holding up a sign and saying, bring back Big Mac. Although he was quickly ushered away, protesters promoted his social media page and members of the media covering the launch held microphones towards him. The reopening could provide a test of how successfully Russia's economy can become more self-sufficient and withstand Western sanctions. McDonald's first opened in the early 1990s as the Soviet Union crumbled. It came to be seen as a symbolic thawing of Cold War tensions between East and West. Sunday's reopening is coinciding with Russia Day, a patriotic holiday celebrating the creation of the Russian Federation. And after the break, despite weak reviews, Jurassic World Dominion dominates the box office. It knocks Top Gun Maverick out of the top spot as it continues to battle Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Eight people were rescued from Tasmania's Mount Wellington in Australia over the weekend amid snow blizzards. According to Tasmania's police, two were taken to hospital with hypothermia. Tasmanian senior police constable said they were not prepared for the extreme conditions. He added they were lucky to be alive. Local police say a woman also died after being struck by a falling tree in strong winds on Saturday. The below-average temperatures have hit much of eastern Australia, with many homes losing power.
dinosaurs, fighter jets, superheroes, and animation. It's definitely summer at the box office. Here's a look at the weekend's top five films. Hey, look, it's a cat stuck in a tree. The bad guys have spent eight weeks in the top five. Two and a quarter million dollars put the animated adventure at 92 million domestic. The Bob's Burgers movie slid to fourth, earning $2.3 million in its third weekend out. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness made $4.9 million for third place and a domestic total of $398 million. Top Gun Maverick lost the top spot as expected, but $50 million put the long-awaited sequel at $393 million domestic, poised to pass Doctor Strange as the top-grossing movie released in 2022. Mistake. Jurassic World Dominion arrived with a roar. Despite weak reviews, the final film in the latest Dino Trilogy opened strong with $143.4 million. Have you ever thought of doing a daily gratitude ritual? Or perhaps keeping a gratitude diary? It apparently has its benefits. Here's Gina Marie, who brings us strong mind and body. When your day starts, set aside a little time for gratitude. It will make your day go a lot better. Start by holding a two-minute gratitude session. After calming yourself, reflect on what makes you grateful and who you are grateful for. It can improve your overall happiness when you count your blessings. So why should this simple act of being grateful make such a big difference? Well, there are a few reasons because it reminds you of the positive things in life, the people you love or just the kindness of a stranger. The other reason is because it can turn bad things into good things. Do you have problems at work? Can you be grateful you have a job? A lot of people can't get work for different reasons. Challenges offer opportunities. Being grateful makes you a stronger person because it reminds you of what's important. Let me leave you with a prayer of gratitude. It's called being thankful. Be thankful that you don't already have everything you desire. If you did, what would there be to look forward to? Be thankful when you don't know something, for it gives you the opportunity to learn. Be thankful for the difficult times. During those times, you grow. Be thankful for your limitations, because they give you opportunities for improvement. Be thankful for each new challenge because it will build your strength and character. Be thankful for your mistakes. They will teach you valuable lessons. Be thankful when you are tired and weary because it means you've made a difference. It is easy to be thankful for the good things. A life of rich fulfillment comes to those who are also thankful for the setbacks. Gratitude can turn a negative into a positive. Find a way to be thankful for your troubles and they can become your blessings. Get out a picnic blanket or a lawn chair and settle in for a celestial show. The June full moon is a supermoon nicknamed the Strawberry Moon. It's already lighting up the night sky and you've got until sunset Wednesday to see it in all its glory. This year's Strawberry Moon is the first of two consecutive supermoons. That's when the moon looks bigger and brighter than normal because it's so close to Earth. So what's with the nickname? Sorry to tell you, the moon is not strawberry red. The name is rooted in the traditions of indigenous groups in the Northeast. 
They saw this moon as a sign that strawberries, along with other fruit, were ripe and ready to pick. So that's some interesting trivia for you. And that's it for now. You can still catch NTD Evening News tonight at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. I'm Evelyn Lee. Thanks for watching. Thank you.